Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. On today's show, you'll learn about what it means to be damn good. I'll get back to that in just a second. If you're brand new to the show, welcome. It's a show about how some of the most interesting or exciting brands out there today are mobilizing their masses to become more authentic. And today, I'm on with a restaurant called Torchy's Tacos. Now, Torchy's Tacos is creating what it believes is the craft casual category. And through their chief marketing officer, Scott Hudler, are doing a lot to ensure that they are damn good in everything that they do. Admittedly, their top three priorities, as Scott says on the show, are the food, the food, and the food. But there's also plenty more they're doing in terms of the way they build community, in terms of the way they adapt, especially to COVID, and in the way they're looking to grow. They're just over 70 locations now, have a lot more to go, and Scott is able to rely on his experience from places like Mars and Duncan and Dick's Sporting Goods to help usher torches along the way. It was a really fun conversation, and if you're in the Southwest or in the Austin area or any of the places that Torchies operates, you'll know them well. If not, you'll get to know them now. So without further ado, I'll back off and let you do that. This is our podcast from today with, from Torchies Tacos, Scott Hudler. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm here with Scott Hudler, who is CMO of Torchies Tacos. Scott, great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And I am really curious what brought you to Torchies. Here's why. Because I uh, am not from the Southwest, which I know is where Torchies is is based. And all of the other brands I know of uh, are these broad, nationally recognized brands. And because of a couple of things we were talking about just before this recording and what entices you to new opportunities and values that you look for, I'm curious, what brings you from the giants like Mars and Duncan and Dick's Sporting Goods uh, to a player looking to build a brand new category? I'm curious, uh, what brought you there? Yeah, not, not the first time I've gotten that question. My, my career path is, uh, is not a straight line, that's for sure. But, you know, I had spent pretty much all of my career at some big brands. I started uh, after a short stint at an agency right out of school. Went to Popeye's Chicken, then to Mars, you know, a huge global company. Uh, spent about six and a half years there, and then on to Dunkin' Donuts. Spent almost twelve years there, um, and then to Dick Sporting Goods. And so those have been three pretty, pretty big companies, and you know, had just wanted to try something different outside of big company living, and. Um, you know, the the thought of being with a brand that was really on the growth trajectory versus one that is, you know, one of the the, the titans of, of the industry or titans of the marketing world was super appealing. And, you know, food is something that um, is, I, I can't explain why, but I just kind of fell into it and really enjoy it and enjoy the restaurant space. And, you know, part of why I went to Dick Sporting Goods was really to to use some different muscles and and get into the retail space and and pretty quickly realized that uh, the restaurant space and the food space is really where my passion is. So when I made that decision, I wanted to find a brand that was that was growing and and you know I had not had in my career the chance to be a part of a brand really not in its infancy. You know when I joined Torchies, it wasn't uh, like the early days in the food trailer, but it was you know primed for growth. Had just taken on some private equity investment and and the chance to really come in and be a part of uh, building upon the foundation that Mike and our other original partners had built and and 
turning Torchies into a national brand and watching Torchies blossom into one of those big brands was was really what what attracted me to this role. So nearly two years on now, uh, Torchies, as, as I understand it, has about 70 locations, so certainly has grown uh, during the time that you've been there. And I'm curious to know specifically about what I heard as a new category of food or perhaps a, a model of, of restaurant that Torchies is looking to go after. The reason why I'm so curious about this is because on this show, I've spoken to a number of players who stepped into and I think accomplished the fast casual concept. Chipotle is an example of that. Shake Shack is an example of that, both of whom told their stories just a few months ago. What I have now read and heard and what I want to ask you about is the idea of craft casual. What What is that? Yeah, it's... we. We looked at how do we position the brand, not not as much from a consumer standpoint, but as we think about everything that goes into our brand. And, and as we looked at it, and look, we have the utmost respect for the Shake Shacks, the Chipotles of the world. They do they do an amazing job, and, and we, we hope to follow their growth trajectory. But we just didn't feel like that fast, casual moniker fit what we were doing. Um, and, and not to sound cocky, but we feel like what we are doing in our space there's really no one else doing it at the scale that we are. There are some that are doing it with maybe three to five to 10 locations, but no one who's, who's growing like we are and, and really doing it at, at our size. So as we thought about craft casual, there's really three buckets to it. The first is we have the speed and convenience of a fast casual concept. Consumers love that. They love that it's, it's, uh, a quicker dining experience than, say, a traditional sit-down casual, but a higher food quality than, say, a traditional uh, quick serve. So we, we check those boxes for sure. The second leg of the stool is we have the, the menu and creativity that one would find in a food truck or a food trailer. That's our roots. That's how the Torchies brand started back in 2006 was in a food trailer back when Trailers weren't the cool thing they are now. So that's really in our DNA and the menu combinations that we have and the, the taste profiles and the flavor combinations we think are, are pretty unique and, and not found in a lot of places. And then the third layer of that is just the care that we take and in our ingredients and preparation. So we shuck our own corn for street corn. We squeeze our, our own limes for margaritas. When you order at Torchies, it's made right then. Everything is made, made from scratch. And also in around two thirds of our locations, we have a full bar that can deliver not only our uh, award-winning house margaritas, but pretty much any, any type of drink or craft cocktail that you're looking for. So when we put all those together, it's really um, kind of a unique positioning because we, we just felt like fast casual didn't really fit everything that we were doing. We thought we were, were doing a lot more. Well, it's certainly interesting to see how you're building upon that and also good to know that you are retaining some of the things which made fast casual so popular because these are things which uh, have stuck in the mind of the consumer. Now, it sounds like to that you've added a certain spirit about the way you do things and I couldn't help but look at your website and see that uh, Torchy's mantra is damn good. I'm curious yes. as to how that overlaps with the way that you think about marketing and building brands uh, and how those two have coalesced. You've got this experience with all these giants. Now here comes the upstart. 
and using its damn good philosophy has grown to a scale that no other player has been able to do. How do you find yourself uh, fitting in there and continuing to, to innovate? Yeah, so damn good is, you know, it's, it's not just kind of a, a marketing slogan. It's the mission of the company. And the history of it is when Mike Ripka, our founder, started in the food trailer back in 2006, Let's just say the location that he had in Austin was not very conducive to doing business. So Mike rode a red Vespa all over Austin, handing out tacos, chips and queso, chips and salsa to really anyone that would take it. He would go stand in the middle of traffic lights, obviously when the light was red, and and hand out uh, chips and queso to people. And, you know, people would take a bite and say, man, that's damn good. And so it just kind of stuck and became part of the Torchies, the Torchies legend. And, you know, we use it in a lot of ways. It's also our, our company mission statement. So we don't have, you know, three paragraphs of, of flowing prose about how we're going to change the world. Our, our mission is be damn good. And, you know, that carries through to uh, our menu. You know, when we we want things on there that consumers are going to take a bite and say, man, that's damn good. Um, so we think about it in the kitchen. If, if the kitchen puts something together and the kitchen manager looks at that and says, you know, I don't think that meets our damn good criteria. We throw it out and make it again for the guest. Um, and it also it's it kind of governs how we how we run our business like we we want to be great we want to be good it's the way we should treat one another the way we should treat our guests so it's really kind of permeated through the through the organization over time and you know we like i said we like it as a mission statement for its simplicity and as we think about it from an innovation standpoint that that's kind of the final check uh you know as we think about a new taco of the month or or bringing something else onto the menu does, does it pass the damn good criteria does it work and how do we make sure that that is coming through in everything that we do? I think there are probably some other players in the restaurant space who could have benefited with something like a damn good mantra from the very beginning. I could remember very clearly, and it's not a conversation I've had here to date, though it's in the works, with Domino's, where I think a few years back, they started out with a real honest campaign that said, hey, people think we're pretty damn not good, and we're going mm -hmm. to attempt to make everything uh, 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 like the way it was and whatever the way it was, was it was sort of unknown to people. That was just <laughs> their way of saying we're going to improve. Now, the way yeah. it's improved for them, and I promise you this has an end and an applicability to tor Torchies, is that they began to, they worked on the ingredients, but they also worked on customer experience. As a matter of fact, today, I've heard them and I've heard other CMOs refer to Domino's as a tech company, which just happens to sell pizza. And this is, of course, because of all the things that they do to, uh, you know, allow for quick delivery and, and you know, all this app connected stuff and all that good stuff. Now, I want to know in terms of the customer experience, how damn good extends and not maybe not necessarily into tech, but I'm just curious as to how the same philosophy with which you create the food extends to the way in which the customers experience it. Yeah, I think, you know, we look at it as, like I said, it, it helps us determine the food, but everything for us starts and ends with the food. We could be the edgiest brand around. We could have the greatest tech stack anyone's ever seen. If the food's not good, people aren't coming back. So for us, it, it starts and ends with the food. And, you know, it's, a, it's an expression I've stolen from, 
many, but the three most important things for us are the food, the food, and the food. That's, that's what it's got to be. And as we evolve it, you know, we, we definitely see in the space a lot of companies that do say that, that they're, they, they're a tech company that happens to serve food. Well, at Torchies, we're not confused. We are a restaurant company. We use technology to enable a better guest experience, uh, but we're all about we're all about delivering damn good tacos, damn good chips and queso. Um, now we want to extend the damn good mantra out to hospitality. We like to we think about it, you know, in some simple things that are foundational to our culture. We talk about the guest, not the customer, and the reason we say that is the guest. If you have a guest, it's like having someone in your home. You're going to treat them well. You know, a customer is a bit of a transactional relationship, but a guest is someone you want to take care of, someone you want to make sure is having a great experience. And that's how we think about everyone that walks into our restaurant as a guest. Right. Well, that's good. No. And yeah, that that is certainly uh, uh, something that I, I've, I've seen even restaurants attempt to borrow from hospitality. Let me talk for a second about a... An atmosphere that I, I suppose has been drawn since the very beginning of those people who were stopped at the red light, picking up the chips and queso and, and saying, damn, that's good. Because my guess then is that though the food has maintained a high level of, of, of taste and quality all throughout, that it is a great deal of guests telling other potential guests, if you're not going to torches, you got to go ahead and try that stuff out because that stuff is damn good. What are some of the ways in which the business is able to harness those sorts of stories and encourage those sorts of stories to be told? Because it's an incredible growth channel, I'm, I'm guessing, for you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at, you know, so Torchy started in the food trailer in 2006, and you can you can almost draw a line with the, the rise of social media. We've been, you know, we are, as a brand have, have benefited greatly from social media exactly for that reason as guests talk about the brand they share it with their friends and we are a very word of mouth brand we don't do much traditional advertising so we rely on delivering a damn good experience to our guests and then they they tell a friend and they tell a friend and and that has helped us with our expansion strategy as we look you know we've been very deliberate about where we grow we're not looking to just put dots on a map and and have pins all over the country we start from our, our hub in Austin, Texas, and you know we went to Dallas, and then we went to Houston, and then we expanded to Oklahoma, and then to Colorado, and then to Arkansas, and then most recently this year, Louisiana. So we're, we're taking a very contiguous growth strategy across the Southwest and, and making sure that we can still rely on that word of mouth and that those guests that tell us that, you know, come and have a great experience and then tell their friends. And we also like to do things that are kind of fun, you know, so we don't do a lot of traditional advertising. We like to do stunts. We like to do gimmicks last year during South by Southwest and in Austin, we, we literally made it rain parachutes with uh, flying parachutes off of a building. Uh, we, this year we took the, the anti Valentine's day approach and had a salty singles event where uh, guests could come in and, uh, put an item from their ex in a, in a giant burn bin and we would take it and burn it and we'd replace what they gave us with the Torchies t-shirt. So we like to do fun things like that and really to, to, to keep our guests talking about us. Um, but again, if it's not a great guest experience with the food and hospitality, they're not coming back no matter how much fun we have. Right. 
that's a funny idea with the salty singles. Um, that experiential, I'm sure, you know, is a lot of that is what's driving that spirit of people to then spread the word. Um, what you know, what I on the show would call authentically, but via that that word of mouth. Do you think that there is a middle ground between that experiential, those sort of one-off events that are quite high profile and the, I'd say rather low profile, but everyday action of social media, similar to the way in which Torchies looks to build out craft casual at scale. Do you think there's an opportunity to be finding these ways to be finding these authentic moments and, and, and amplifying them at scale as well? I'm just curious because it seems that that might even further exponentially increase the buzz even before the retail footprint increases. Absolutely. I mean, I think looking at leveraging social, we try and be, you know, honest and transparent, just it's part of who we are as a brand. And look, we'd love to think we're batting a thousand from a guest experience standpoint, but the reality is we know we have issues. And when people bring those to our attention on social, we want to acknowledge them. We want to fix it. Um, so I think, you know, that carries through that we're not, we're not trying to put on a big corporate facade of, of how we interact. When we make a mistake, we want to know about it and fix it. When we, uh, get compliments, we're very humble and, and appreciative of that. So we leverage social on a, on a day-to-day basis, just interacting with our guests. And, um, you know, what makes me so excited is when, you know, he, there's almost a formula for our social media posts from the comments. It's, you know, if it's a product post, the first two or three will be about, um, that looks great. And then the next seven to eight are, please come to fill in city here. And, um, I love that. And it's exciting that we have that, that kind of pent up demand in other cities. And I think it's attributable to delivering a great guest experience, but also just being active and communicating with our guests via social responding to posts and, while it's impossible to get to every single one, we definitely try and get to as many as we can and, and just let people know that we're appreciative of, of them saying great things about us. And when we don't do well, letting us know. Totally. It's that honest connection that is going to keep people coming back and keep them telling their friends about things. Let me, uh, let me ask about something I think ancillary to the, to the top three things which are important, that being the food, the food, and the food. And I got to ask this because especially right now, uh, given all these different circumstances and probably for you, what you experienced the most from a business perspective is what's happened with COVID. My question is around being purpose-driven and and perhaps uh, it's intertwined with innovation right now because the models must change as, uh, as people stay home or just do not go out. And I know that's coming back, but um, right. I'm curious into some of the ways that Torchies has been thinking about this over the last couple of months, either in how to adapt or into how to contribute to the community that loves them so much. Yeah. So we've done, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things we've been doing. So first is looking at, uh, you know, number one, first and foremost is safety of our guests and safety of our team members and, you know, making sure that, when we do have restaurants, whether it was in the early days of COVID where we were takeout only and or as restaurants slowly start to reopen, those the safety of our guests and crew members remains and you know, even in normal times is, is still number one priority. But I think for, for us and like I'm sure other restaurateurs you've, you've spoken with, it was we had to pivot pretty quickly. Uh, we were a brand that pre-COVID, we did... Two thirds of our business was dine in and one third was takeout. 
Um, and that went over about a three day period as, as cities started shutting down, we went from, you know, one third to a hundred percent off premise and made a lot of, uh, changes to the menu to make sure we could stay open. We, we instituted what we call a game day menu, which is something that was born out of, um, our locations that are really near college campuses. So on game day, uh, you know, in Austin, Lubbock college station, Norman, Oklahoma, we, we skinny the menu down to about seven tacos just for speed and, and, and accuracy. And so we, we instituted that because um, we were running with much leaner crews. We, we built something called Family Packs, which was essentially a pound of protein and some deconstructed tacos that one could then uh, reconstruct at their house, uh, but at a really attractive price point. Um, and became a very popular item. And in a few of the states we operate, we were really lucky that uh, alcohol uh, to go became a thing. And so margarita packs and uh, the ability to sell that and, and beer to go became, uh, became a, big, a big boon for us. But, you know, as we, as we sit here now and, you know, we're, we're all kind of watching uh, daily COVID cases across the country start to creep up again, you know, I think it's, we, we've learned a lot of lessons from the early days of this and can now, uh, the pivot won't be as hard. We're, we're used to it and making sure that we're able to deliver that damn good experience, whether you're coming into the restaurant or you're picking up or you're utilizing a delivery service. We want to make sure that it's great and, and, and really keep that, that mantra going. So like I said, everything we do kind of falls back under the let's, let's stay damn good. And we're, we're now looking at, you know, some things that maybe we didn't think about as much before are, all right, every, every Torchies is unique. So we have 76 restaurants open right now. We'll, we'll open number 77 on July 1st. We have 77 different restaurant designs. So every Torchies is a snowflake. Um, it's, you know, the back of the house is similar, but the front of the house has different design elements, uh, has some some things that have been brought in from the local community, but, you know, you've seen one Torchies, you've seen one Torchies. So um, we need to figure out how to make the to-go experience better. Because again, we were built for primarily dine-in and now we're we're focusing on, you know, it was, it went to a hundred percent. I think in the short term, we're going to settle in at probably, you know, 60 to 70 percent off premise. So whether that's through delivery or, or takeout. So how do we, how do we make the guest experience better there? Get you in and out faster, not have to stand in line. So a lot of things we're looking at there. And as, as we look to the future, we look about restaurant design and, and can that be something that maybe is a little smaller if, um, you know, we're going to, we're, we're seeing so much to go business. Maybe we don't need to build as many seats in the restaurant and, um, and really just focus on uh, a bit smaller footprint, better ingress, egress for to go and delivery and, and, and use that as, as, a, as a model moving forward. Well, I was just about to ask what you're looking forward to most for the business as the uh, proverbial snow continues to fall snowflake by snowflake. But let me then tweak the question to not necessarily be about uh, the, the footprint or the type of the store or the model, but for you as a leader, Again, this is a, an organization which you came to because you saw a growth opportunity. Uh, now you've seen an incredible adaptation in the model given COVID. Personally, to be a marketer in this position, what excites you most about the outlook for Torchies and this type of opportunity? 
Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm incredibly excited by and inspired by what our operators have done during this this pandemic. So Torchies operates a little differently. We 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 don't have any franchisees. We have what we call an internal franchise program. So we have managing partners at every restaurant. So what that means is they write us a check and then they share in the operating profits every month. So when you're talking about, you know, a business going from a, you know, two-thirds dine-in to one-third, there, there's an impact there and an impact on those managing partners' bottom line. And so just to see how they have been, you know, entrepreneurial, innovative, and, and how the whole system has responded through this is incredibly inspiring. But also, as I think about, as I look into the future, I think we're really well positioned for growth because of the quality of experience we offer. Um, you know, we're not, we, you can use us dine-in or to-go, so we're, we're, we're pretty flexible. You know, the concept works in Manhattan, Kansas, or it would work in Midtown Manhattan, New York. So I think we're really well positioned for growth. But, you know, I think the other thing on a personal level is just seeing what happens when this team has come together and how we've come together uh, during this pandemic. So, you know, the leadership team here, you know, I was the uh, next to last one to join. So we're all, you know, under two years and just being a part of this group and gelling in this organization is has been incredibly powerful. And from a career standpoint, it's, you know, you don't wish a pandemic on anyone, but having this opportunity and being able to be a part of this and kind of be, be one of the stewards of leading this brand through this has been uh, an experience from my career that uh, while I hope it's never, never replicated, uh, it's been incredibly rewarding. Well, it's always good to have these stories to look back on and, of course, to have this, uh, this growing team that have all been there for roughly a similar amount of time. The camaraderie that's built there, I'm sure, is something that is a new experience. doesn't matter how many years of experience you have leading up to that. The- yeah. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been, it's been really cool. And you have, you have a lot of uh, people who sought this opportunity for the same reasons that I mentioned earlier, you know, people from who worked at Walmart, who worked at 7-Eleven, who worked at Taco Bell, who had worked at big companies and seen the, the pros and cons of that and just wanted this experience. And, you know, a lot of it starts with our, with our CEO, GJ Hart, who is, you know, kind of a, a legend in the restaurant industry. And, he really he builds teams and companies on culture, and I, I think that's something we all sought out. And um, you know, we all had about eighteen months of practice in that, and then really had to hit the hit the field in a in a pretty meaningful way as this started. So, um, you know, culture starts at the top, and you know, GJ's been a great mentor, leader, friend, and um, for all of us, it was this was the type of you know authentic opportunity we wanted with, you know, really authentic leadership that's modeled from the top and really modeled throughout the organization. Um, and the opportunity to come in and, and be a part of that was, has been pretty special. If you would allow me, I'm going to touch on that A word one more time. And mm-hmm. it is in the, the round out question that we have for today. And listeners, you'll know this well. You hear it every single time, but it's really our advice column. That's not the A word. The A word, of course, is authenticity. But I'm curious to hear from you, Scott, what some advice you may have on the topic of building a more authentic brand, building more authentic relationships with 
guests. Now, you've just stated a lot of those things, but the reason why I ask specifically is because the people that tune into this show generally are emulating the paths of the people that appear. And whether it come through an individual story or advice from a mentor or a mistake made or a pitfall avoided or something like the damn good mantra that just flows through everything that you do, I'm curious from your perspective, both at large companies and now at this rapidly growing one within a brand new category of food, what your tips would be. Oh, I could go on forever, right? I could, I could make that a podcast unto itself. Um, you know, a, a, a few. I think I mentioned earlier just the passion. Like, I, I have a passion for this space. I have a passion for the for the restaurant business. If you would have asked me that coming out of college, I would have told you you're insane. That's not where my passion lies. But um, I've developed it. And now, I've, I've like I said, I, I took a detour from it for uh, not quite two years at Dick's Sporting Goods and realized how much I missed it. So you know, a couple points of advice would be just do something you're passionate about, you know, you, because you spend so much time working and it becomes all encompassing at times. And, um, you know, if you're unhappy and not passionate about what you're doing, it's going to be a challenge. So I think that would, that would be one. Um, I'm a, I'm a big believer of finding a way to get out of your comfort zone. So, you know, I was a kid who, grew up in Georgia, worked in Georgia and had the opportunity to go move to New Jersey and go work at uh, M&M Mars. And my wife and I had the conversation and we said, oh, this will be fine. We'll do this for two years tops. Well, that was that was 2000. Um, and here we are 20 years later, we, we haven't made it back. And it's just been opportunities to grow, opportunities to kind of really get out of your comfort zone, whether it's going to a different company or even within this same company. When I was at Duncan, I had been there for about six years uh, running brand marketing and uh, the opportunity came open on the consumer engagement side, which is uh, advertising at the time, you know, the beginnings of digital and media. And, and I jumped at the opportunity and, you know, I hadn't been trained really in advertising or media, but learned on the fly and, um, just was incredibly appreciative of that growth because it was a chance to, you know, shepherd the creative for uh, a really well-known brand. And if I had gone somewhere else to try to do that, it would have been taken two to three steps back. So um, getting outside of your comfort zone is incredibly uncomfortable, but pays so many dividends down the road. I, I encourage everyone to do that throughout their career. To get out of that comfort zone and to go, Go after something you, you you're truly passionate about, you know, and and go for the go for the damn good. I say I say do that. Sounds like yeah. sounds like that sat with you incredibly well. Um, yeah, and I think it's you know it's it is t- tying back to the the thought of this podcast is you know you got to be your authentic self and, and be who you are. And if you're if you're working somewhere and it's not something you're passionate about and you feel like you're kind of faking it every day at work, that's that's probably not a great situation. Um, you know, and just to, to be able to do something and have fun. And, um, you know, again, part of the reason I chose this is I wanted to experience that smaller company culture and, you know, not a knock on big company culture. It clearly has its benefits, but I'd done it for most of my career and just wanted to experience something different. And, um, it's just been great to really be, you know, 
authentic and, and who you are and make mistakes and, and learn from it. And, um, you know, to be a part of a growing company where sometimes, you know, companies of our size, sometimes it is ready, fire, aim, but you, you, you kind of learn from that. And, and then you take those processes you've learned from big companies and it's like, all right, let's, let's maybe think about this a little differently so we can, um, build something that's going to be sustainable and going to continue to get bigger. And, um, let's make our mistakes now when we're, when we're small. So we're not making them when we're bigger. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Well, it's been incredibly interesting learning about, uh, you know, this, this journey to now. And I think that Torches obviously has a, has a long, long way to go. And I'm glad that you're there bringing them, uh, bringing them into this new category and helping them to grow so quickly. And, and as things begin to reopen, as you open number 77 on July the 1st, good luck with that. And for everything else that uh, you've provided on the show about, yeah, how to be more authentic and how to get closer to the damn good. Scott, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on. Adam, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it and enjoy the show. Thank you so much to Scott Hudler from Torchy's Tacos for joining the show today. Hopefully you guys put one of those in the D.C. area at some point. I like tacos. Come on. If you enjoyed this show, if you thought today's show was damn good, here's what you can do. Go onto our website, podcast.vavoom.co. There's like a hundred more where that came from. You have hours and hours of content to go through. And if you're a returning listener, of course, make sure that you're following our showcase page on LinkedIn, Authentic Influence Podcast. It's where all the shows exist and other little fun tidbits along the way. Finally, I am there. Check out my personal profile, Adam Connor. Say hello. Recommend somebody for the show. Some of our best guests here are recommendations from other people. Similar to the way in which this show builds itself authentically, so too do the guests. And of course, if there's any feedback at all that you'd like to pass along, I've gotten some really nice messages over the past few weeks. Do not be shy to do that. I'll be back again real soon with another fantastic brand and a story about how mobilizing masses leads to authenticity. And until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.